All right, we are going live. Everyone, welcome back to History Hour. I took a last episode off the last time because it was spring break for me and my kids, so we were we were kind of enjoying that. But we're starting History Hour off with some really good news. Um, I just looked and we hit 15,000 subscribers on Historical USA on YouTube, and I am so excited. Thank you for everyone who subscribed, for anyone that's watching now, for anyone that's watching the replay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, let's continue to share Historical USA, uh, getting the word out and learning some of America's history and the people and places that uh, make up America's history. I am so excited for History Hour tonight. We have a really awesome person. If you do not know Sarah from uh, the History Chick uh, 1941, you really should follow her and get to know her because she is one of my favorite channels on Instagram. I know she has a YouTube here as well, but um, she's mainly over there right now. But I want to bring her on. Sarah, welcome. Hi. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me back on. I'm so excited for tonight. <laughs> yes, I'm so, so excited to have you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, kind of what the History Chick 1941 is all about, and where people can follow you and find you? Yeah, so uh, the History Chick 1941 um, is a military history page from uh, World War II through the War on Terror. Um, I've always been super passionate about military history for some odd reason. <laughs> and so I created the History Chick 1941 to talk more about it um, and focus on that. So that is kind of where what the History Chick 1941 is about. Um, I do a lot of World War II posts, but currently it's a lot of uh, Korea and uh, Vietnam right now. Yeah. But I am on, I'm mainly on Instagram is my main platform. I do have a YouTube channel. Um, the YouTube channel is only for my uploading my history behind the page episodes. <laughs> and then um, I am on Facebook, but honestly, I'm never on it. <laughs> you know, me too. And honestly, for anyone that follows me on Facebook, I feel like you kind of get gypped because it, I really, it's kind of an afterthought for me at this point on whether or not I'm going to actually upload over there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're the same way. <laughs> just I'm the of... same. I'm the same exact way. I'm just, I'm never on face. I don't really go on Facebook that much. I only have it still because of like family, you know, like yeah. crossing, you know, that type of stuff. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do. I like, I have a page over there, but it's linked to my Instagram. So a lot of times it's kind of syncs itself. And I just, it's kind of, I'm kind of like a, set it and forget it type of person. So that's yeah. that it kind of ends up where, where we go. Mm -hmm. um, really now, good. one thing I like to do with people is I like to ask them their history origin story, kind of where, like, when do you have like a moment that you can remember thinking, oh my mm -hmm. gosh, history is so cool. And just kind of diving into being this history buff, history lover type person. Yeah, so it actually started in eighth grade in middle school. We were learning about the Civil War. And we were learning about it chronologically in our social studies class. And my teacher, Miss Lim, wanted to make it more interactive and more interesting. So she split <laughs> the class into the North and the South. And there was one student um, to be the leader, and I was uh, Ulysses Grant. And so. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was in I was in charge. And so day by day we read uh, what happened on that day in history and kind of, I, I don't fully remember because it, it was so long ago, but I know we did some like, like interactive games, like games type of learning games. Yeah. Um, and then we just chronologically learned uh, about the Civil War. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. And then uh, <laughs> we ended up watching the movie Glory and yeah. I love that movie. And also at the time, it was so perfect for me because I was in the Matthew Broderick fan club. <laughs> wait, wait, I was in whoa, whoa. love with it. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> you were you were in the Matthew, like- Ma Matthew Broderick, yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love that guy. And so I was in his fan club at the time. So then Glory and like all that stuff. So it was just, and also that movie was so amazing. Mm -hmm. And after, after that, I don't know if schools do this anymore, um, but we had an event called Walk Through History. So everybody in the eighth grade class had to pick a person, a historical person, mm -hmm. and um, it was a three-day event. It was in the gymnasium, and we each had a booth, and we we decorated it exactly like um, – it was like a mini stage, like a mini theater stage. And so like my sister was uh, Betsy Ross. And so she had her little station. We rented costumes from a professional costume shop. And, oh, wow. you know, she had her rocking chair and the American flag, you know, like all this, all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and because I was in the Civil War and uh, learning about the Civil War and Gone with the Wind is one of my favorite movies, I ended up dressing up as Scarlett O'Hara <laughs> and I love in. that. And I and I spoke about the Civil War and um, also what it was like to be a civilian um, mm -hmm. during that time. And so I had I rented like the green dress. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I had. Do have, a, okay. You know, do you have a picture of this? I do have a picture. I will have to dig it up. It's in my phone somewhere. But yeah, no, I was a scarlet. I had my little bonnet and oh decorated everything. We like it was really cool. So then. Um, all the everybody in the in sixth through eighth grade is our middle school and you know they walk around and you'd give a oral presentation and kind of like a little yeah performance and it was really cool and that is when that is when i got hooked on history was yeah. eighth grade so how did you make the jump from civil war being interested in the civil war to world war ii Korea, Vietnam. Like, how did you make that leap? Okay, this is where I'm going to start to study, like, focus my energy now. Yeah. So my OPA was in World War II. He was a staff sergeant um, in the 4th Armored Division. And so I, I kind of had a little connection there, but I didn't really listen to stories growing up. You know, I was a kid. I wasn't into that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. But when I graduated high school, I started working in the film industry and uh doing special effects makeup hair and makeup and i started working with a local company who specialized in historical military films and it was pretty much all world war ii and uh there was a there's a world war ii movie called um every man's war which it was on netflix it's not anymore but i worked on that it was, it's a book based on um the the director's dad, his brother wrote a book called Every Man's War. Wow. And so that's kind of where I got into World War II. And I started hanging around with all, um, you know, historians, other history nerds and reenactors, yeah. collectors and all this other stuff. And I got so 
I don't know. It just, it took me, it grabbed me. And I was just like, this is amazing. And that's how it kind of started with the, with the world war two. And so it's always been a passion since I was 18. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I don't know what, what gripped me so much about it. And then I started getting into Korea and Vietnam over the past couple of years, Korea, it's actually a funny story. I don't have the book with me because I let Freddie borrow it. So he has it, but it's called The Last Stand of Fox Company by Bob Drury and Tom Clavin. Okay. And it's about Fox Company at the Battle of the Chosen Reservoir. Mm -hmm. And I was at Goodwill and I was running through the book aisle and I grabbed the book because it looked like a, a World War II book. And I grabbed it, bought it, brought it home and I started reading it. And I was like, 1950, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I read the whole book so fast, and that's what got me started in the Korean War, and that was probably about six six years ago. Wow. And then I, I slowly started getting into uh, the Korean War, and then uh, Vietnam more recently, uh, mm -hmm. probably in the past year. But then yeah. um, I met my first medal of honor recipient and vietnam veteran major general patrick brady i saw the, that of, so, of the yeah <laughs> so you got to you went out to san antonio right mm -hmm. and was at an event where he was yeah no, so was the event for veterans the event is called wishes for heroes they are a nonprofit that um gives money to active and um active military and veterans who are going through financial hardships for their family or just are struggling a little bit. So it was a fundraising gala. Oh, nice. And there was uh, a, a bunch of World War II veterans there, a bunch of Korean um, veterans there too as well. And then uh, I had no idea <laughs> Brady was gonna be there. And I had just been doing a rabbit hole about him and the dust off crew like a month prior to that. So. <laughs> So when they announced him and he was giving this speech, I'm sitting there like smacking Freddie. I'm like, oh my God, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> oh my <laughs> just, goodness. Yeah. And then I, and then I, I was like, I need to get a picture with him and all this stuff and, and meet him. And it was a really funny <laughs> interaction. I made a complete doofus out of myself and everyone That's kept so calling. so sweet though. Honestly, yeah. I'm sure he probably was like, this girl knows who I am. Like that yeah. is incredible yeah he gave yeah. uh he gave me one of his challenge coins so i have mm -hmm. that um and then also i have just recently been in contact with him um and so i spoke to him last week on the phone actually which was really amazing okay. so um, maybe for um for the people who are watching that don't know could you summarize a little bit about what the dust off crew is and kind of how he got his medal of honor yeah so the dust off crew they are the uh their air medical evacuation. So they are the pioneers of medevacs for today. And um, he was in the, the medical detachment. He was supposed to, these guys in the dust off crew, they were in danger all the time. They like, they didn't have any, any weapons. Like they were always under a, a heavy enemy fire. They had to land in places that you didn't think somebody could possibly land to get the uh, the wounded out. And they were so efficient with it, which is what the, the medevacs use today um, in the military and also in our hospitals and, and stuff like that. 
um, they could get somebody from the receipt of the mission, from them getting the mission, flying out, they could get somebody from point A to point B in under 60 minutes. Yeah. And that's absolutely amazing. But um, Brady actually was supposed to skadoodle and he heard everything that was going on and he just kept going back and forth in the middle of the night under heavy enemy fire, picking up people. And it's a, it's a, it's a crazy story. So but he was, so he was a medic, right? He was a pilot. He was a pilot. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he just yeah. kept going back. He just kept going. He, yeah. he wouldn't stop. And um, his story is uh, really amazing. He has um, a book out called dead men flying and it's uh, I haven't read it yet. He's, <laughs> he's actually <laughs> sending it, sending it to me, but um, it's a very detailed book, but the dust off crew is just absolutely amazing. Well, I, I love that. Um, I, I kind of noticed on your page, so like, since you started kind of where you are now, you kind of have shifted a lot towards veterans and -hmm. kind of sharing their stories and making it more personalized. Was that like one of the reasons like you got to meet a medal of honor recipient and like, how did that progression happen? I started going on rabbit holes and with documentaries and listening to veteran stories and I think they're really important because we can we can see the pictures from of the past and do the captions and say what happened um, and give like a, a description from just online. But hearing what they went through and actually hearing it in their voice and them actually explaining it verbally, it just gives a whole. It's a whole different feeling and I, I don't know how to explain it but I think these veteran stories are very important to tell because they uh, most of them are very humble gentle beings they don't talk about their time they don't sit right. there and brag that oh I you know did this in World War II I did this in Korea I did this in in you know in Afghanistan they don't they don't do that they yeah. had a duty to their country and they we're very proud and honored to serve. And that was, you know, their thing. And so I think their stories are very important to tell because it's, it's important. <laughs> it is important. It yeah. is important. And, you know, um, being a historian that's focused on the 17th century, 18th century, you don't have those accounts like you do of the mm-hmm. veterans in world war two. You don't mm-hmm. necessarily have those personal stories like like you can capture of you know your uncle your your mom your your dad um i have an uncle that actually served two tours in vietnam and he's now in his early well his late 70s early 80s but he's now talking about that Mm -hmm. he's just now comfortable to share his story and the stuff that he had seen and some of the things that he had done and I think it is, as our World War II veterans are so few and far between now, I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're literally on their last years if they're still alive, mm-hmm. <laughs> sadly. And Vietnam's coming up behind them and Korea's coming up behind them. And I feel like it's such a race to kind of capture those people's 
memories and stories, mm -hmm. whether it's written or video or, you know, however we do them. So I just, I love accounts that want to do that and want to preserve that. And I think it's so important that we do that because we only have a few, you know, precious moments with them before they're gone. And they really are just figures of history that mm -hmm. we're looking at instead of people that we can actually physically touch and talk to and experience their emotions with them. So I, I personally love that you're highlighting their stories and doing more, you know, veteran outreach and, and talking to them and, and getting to know them. And, you know, hopefully some good things will come from that. Yeah. And there's so much more to, you know, and these stories are so important too, not only to, to know the experience and everything that happened, but there's so much more than just what we learn in the history books. Like the firsthand accounts, there's so much more than just than just what's in the books. And so right. I, you know, their stories are just are important. And you're right, they're, you know, the World War II veterans, they're in um, their very late 90s or 100, you know, early yeah. 100s. And Korea was only five years after World War II. So they're not, you know, not far behind. And same with Vietnam. So it's, um, yeah. these are, and that's one thing that actually I regret not doing as a kid is listening to my Opus stories. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have been interested as a kid and, and heard those stories. Yeah. But you know, and that's kind of, that's a regret that I have. Yeah. I I'm with you. I, my, I had, um, I have in my house, you know, you know, I'm personally like, I love genealogy work. So like, yeah, <laughs> if I can get my family's history, history, that's my like favorite thing in the world. So I have in my house, like a wall of valor. My husband's active duty military. So military community is really important to me. Mm -hmm. And I have my great, my great grandfather, my two grandfathers all served in world war II in different places. And I feel sad that I couldn't get that. My, my um, grandfather for sure died when I was about 17 and my grandpa Beckel who was a who was at who was in the Battle of the Bulge that I found out after he passed. Um, it kind of makes me sad that you know you didn't get the I didn't get the opportunity to ask them those questions while they were here. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it's not that I wasn't interested, but a lot of times I felt like I couldn't relate. You know, mm -hmm. like how do you I the horrors of war are just I've never seen I've never experienced anything like that. Yeah. And so, you know, for me to like ask them to, you know, share those things with me or relive those things with me. I know for my grandpa, for sure, that was very, very difficult for him. He lost a brother um, at sea during uh, Midway. And oh. so and that's and he ended up going in at 17. His mother signed the form for him to go in at 17 because his brother died. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, you know, and he blamed the Japanese for that. And so uh, it was really kind of difficult to talk to him about it because he was a little, a little still bitter yeah. about the whole thing, even into mm -hmm. his 70s. So, you know, um, yeah, but anyway, I, I love that that is an opportunity and hope maybe we'll see him on your page. Are you guys coming up with a project or an interview for, for a Yes, yes, we're in the we're in just the beginning um, processes. I was I'm I was very lucky. Um, Earl Earl Plumley, who's another Medal of Honor recipient, he actually got me in contact with 
um, Major General Patrick Brady to maybe collaborate with more of, of the Medal of Honor recipients and stuff like that. So I'm, it's a very, very beginning, like <laughs> very beginning process, yeah. but we'll, we'll, we'll see what comes of it. I hope, um, I definitely want to do something with it. So. Okay. My mom's correcting me. My grandpa Kessler was in World War II. My grandpa Beckel oh. was in Korea. And my grandpa <laughs> Beckel, by the way, is still alive. He is turning 90 in June. So he is a technically a Korean War veteran, but he never, ever went to Korea. So he was a, a pencil pusher. <laughs> but he was in the Air Force. He actually played for their baseball team. So oh, that's kind of okay. one of the reasons why he didn't go to Korea. But yeah. Um, so you went to San Antonio and got to fangirl mm -hmm. all over <laughs> the Medal of Honor recipient, which I yeah. absolutely love because oh. I would be totally the same way. Uh, <laughs> I'd be like, I need to know your story. Tell me everything about you. Mm -hmm. um, but you also got to go to LA recently. I did. And I was. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that because I was looking through your reel and there are some famous faces in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I went out to LA two weeks ago um, for a little getaway. Um, I went out there with uh, Freddie Joe, my, my other half. And then my friend, uh, my very dear friend, Layton, who, uh, if you guys do follow anything Band of Brothers related, he, um, is one of the founders of the We Happy Few 506 page and Currahee signings. Um, we went out just to kind of have a vacation and go around LA. And then also that weekend was the Band of Brothers annual, like personal friends and family barbecue. Oh, wow. And Yeah. And so we ended up going to that because um, my boyfriend, Freddie Joe Farnsworth, he's the, he was one of the military advisors on Band of Brothers in the Pacific and, and all this other stuff. So, oh, nice. um, we, yeah, so we got a little, just a little over in, that. A little I'll just in, block yeah. over that. <laughs> yeah, but, um, so that's the only way, that's the only way that I got in, so. Oh, he was just, you know, the military consultant on Band of Brothers in the Pacific. Uh, and we're not going to talk about I, that. That's, no, that's, I wasn't trying, to, I wasn't trying to brag. I was just trying to give, like, a, a Excuse me, this is whatever. where you brag no, about no. that, okay? Like, I know your audience. Like, they're going to want to know and hear that stuff. Um. So, yeah, so we ended up going there. Um. So it was at uh, Michael Cudlett's house who played uh, Bull Randleman. Um, beautiful house. Um, it was it was a really fun and, and relaxed time. Um, I got to see Ross McCall again, who played Liebgott. I actually met him at the Band of Brothers Symposium in August mm -hmm. in New Orleans when we were there. And uh, I met Michael Cudlett's there too, but I got to meet uh, Colin Hanks, uh, Tom Hanks's son, and... Uh, well, Jason O'Mara was there who played, um, oh my gosh, I'm totally like spacing who he played. He played the uh, Easy Comfort Commander who died on D-Day. Um, people are probably like screaming me like, it's blah, blah, blah. If but, you know yeah, in the comments, comment below because I can't think of it off the top of my head. Either. Yeah, uh, Kirk Acevedo was there who played Joe Toy um, and his lovely wife. She's also an actress too. She is so funny. <laughs> She's so adorable. Um but yeah, no, it was just a, it was a fun time. It was good food, uh, fun time hanging out and then, you know, going around LA and seeing yeah. the sights, went to a Dodgers game. <laughs> I got super sunburnt. 
Listen, <laughs> I'm from Phoenix, so I'm not. I the Dodgers are not our team. They're our yeah. They're like our rival, even though you know the Diamondbacks aren't that great. But yeah, <laughs> we still don't root for the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I haven't. I've never been to a, a baseball game before, but also I forgot that I'm from Oregon, so like we don't know what vitamin D and like UVA UVB rays are. So I oh wore like a tank top. And my, um, my shoulders were very, very crispy <laughs> for about a week and a half after. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah Wait so a second. Bad. So that was your first like major league baseball game? I've been to minor league baseball games because uh-huh. Portland used to have, uh, the Portland Beavers, uh, their minor league baseball team like years ago. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm talking about when I was like in elementary school, middle school. Um, but yeah, that, no, that was my first major league baseball game. The closest is seattle and they're with the mariners yeah yeah that's the closest but yeah well that's one of my favorite pastimes i love going to baseball games i'm so ready for we were in charleston and all we had was a minor league team which Mm -hmm. is which was fine the charleston battery it's owned by bill murray so the the um (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So the games were actually pretty enjoyable. But uh, now that I'm in uh, DC, I'm so excited to go to the Nationals stadium. There's just nothing yeah. like an MLB game. I I love baseball games. I, I grew up actually like my brother played baseball and my friends, all my guy friends play baseball. I used to go to baseball games all the time. But I mean, I live in Oregon. We're not really, really a big sports thing besides the soccer team, the Timbers and the Portland Trailblazers basketball, like not really. <laughs> yeah, you're in, the, you're in the, a big sports the wrong state. state for sports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is not, so cool. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I mean, honestly, uh, that you got you got to meet quite a big chunk of the cast. I did at the at the symposium at the uh, 20th anniversary of Band of Brothers symposium in in New Orleans in August. Um, yeah, I got to uh, to meet a couple more people, like uh, you know, Frank John Hughes, Rick Gomez, um, uh, just a handful of people. They're all very sweet, sweet guys. Um, yeah, yeah. I got to meet meet Dale Die too, um, Matthew Settle, and a lot of a lot of cool people. It was a really fun event. And if you have not been to the National World War II Museum, oh my gosh, it is a must. It is a must. It I is have it. So it is so cool. It is. It, it. I like the way it's laid out because it's chronological. So you, oh. yeah. So you go in and you take a train, um, and it's not. It's not a real train. It's literally just like a box. But it gives you like a, a preface of, of World War, and then you walk in, and it's literally in chronological order. So where um, does it start? Um, it starts with uh, Hitler invading Poland. Okay. Yeah. And then um, I think there's a little bit of, of prior to that, but that's like the main thing. And it talks about like uh, the, there's a whole section on uh, the home front, mm-hmm. people people back in the States. And then it goes chronologically and it switches back from um, the Pacific and the European theater. And it's it's super cool and it's it's so how many days did you have how many days there did you have oh let's see i was there for five four four days i got in on a thursday i left on a monday 
but so on Friday, Friday, that whole day, we went through the museum. We had a nice little group of friends went through the museum. And then um, Saturday was the symposium from eight to five. And then Sunday, people were kind of like wrapping up and we went through the museum again a little bit, but we also like explored outside of, of the museum too as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So what was, so what was like your favorite thing at the museum? Where they held the symposium at, which I don't know, it's, it's like their huge venue, conference room, entertainment area. I don't, uh, I don't know what to call it, but um, they had all of these planes and it's on my page, but all of these planes just hanging. And it was like one of the most beautiful sites. I, I took so many videos of the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And people were like, don't you have enough of these? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like a static display of the, yeah, of the actual planes. Of the actual planes. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, it's so gorgeous. But just seeing... Um, the displays are really cool. Um, I I do wish they had a little bit more like artifacts out. Mm. It's very um, display oriented. So they had, you know, mannequins and, and that type of stuff, which made it cool because it was really interactive and you kind of felt like what it was like, you know, well, not really, but you get the idea. Yeah. Um, but I, I like to see artifacts and like that type of stuff so yeah it is kind of cool to see like um one of my favorite things to do when I go to museums is find like an artifact that's kind of weird and like out mm -hmm. of place and it's somehow in in these this display I love yeah. finding those kind of weird random things like mm -hmm. like every time I go to a museum um like one museum I went to in, um, there is a battlefield on the way up to Harper's Ferry. Mm -hmm. uh, Monocacy. I think that's what it's called. Monocacy. I might be pronouncing it wrong, but there's a little museum there. Um, and they have these children's toys. And they had this amazing story about this family that was kind of end up caught in their cellar during the battle and this children, these children that had these toys. And I was, so I love finding like little things like that. Like mm -hmm. I want to know like the intimate details of some of these people and stuff Yeah, that, that these events really affected their lives. So mm -hmm. that's really cool. I would love to go. It's in new Orleans, right? New Orleans. Yeah. It's um, yeah. yeah, it was really don't go in August because the weather is, <laughs> um very very humid uh like i mean like humid humid yeah <laughs> like you you walk by a two by two block and you're you got to change clothes oh my gosh yeah well yeah i mean the south in the summer is like yeah. that it's it's like that i i love mm -hmm. it though i i wouldn't trade i i prefer humid heat than a dry heat and i know people say that's crazy but i do i oh, like really yeah, I grew up in Phoenix and I'm just like, yeah, it's, you're either, you know, going to get at least a light breeze and maybe a little wet mm -hmm. or you're going to be in an oven. Yeah. <laughs> so like for me, I was like, I'd rather just, you know, deal with it in Charleston, but Louisiana, <laughs> New Orleans is definitely like on my bucket list. There's a ton of things I want to do. Like I want to hit up the French Quarter. 
-hmm. and like I want to you know do all that stuff I'm really into pirates so I feel like I'd I'd really enjoy pirates and then I had a weird vampire phase and so I feel like New Orleans is a really like it's a good yeah (laughs) it's a great city I love that explore like my you know Mm -hmm. 17 18 year old nostalgia yeah I would I didn't we didn't go to the French Quarter I kind of wish we did our days were pretty packed but um there was a Civil War Museum like three blocks away from the World War II Museum but it was closed on Sunday when I was when we were out exploring so I guess um I guess it's amazing but I didn't I got to see the outside so well, you'll have to go back. You'll have. To I know. Um, so I did have somebody ask, and I'm going to shout out. It was Hidden History asked if um, to you know us this question. Pretend that you can time travel, mm-hmm. or that it's real. What period of time would you visit? I've always been a fan of the 1940s. It would have to be that era. I I'm very drawn to it, not just because of like the World War II like military history, but like the the fashions, the the lifestyle, yeah. um, that type of stuff. It's very um, intriguing to me, and so yeah. that would probably be taking out World War II, taking out World War II and all that stuff. It, it still would be the 1940s for me. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen, um, there are people that dress vintage now. Mm-hmm. Have you seen those people? Yep. Like everyday I, life? I follow, yeah, I follow they, a few of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I I love that. I absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. And the 40s was such a classy time. I mean, what like, was I, I, wish we, I wish we could bring back the, the skirted suits and the hats and the gloves and just like, you know, the the properness of like going outside and you know like just the coats it just oh it was so just well established well established that's not the word i'm looking for it was very i don't know people knew she, how to dress yeah people they did dress. They, yeah. they dressed for the occasion Mm-hmm. And I love that too. I do. I, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I don't, if I could time travel, I'd go a million places at once. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think I'd, <laughs> I always, I always kind of pictured heaven, like when you die, like you can have that power to go where, you know, to time travel mm-hmm. and like visit like times in history. I just kind of want yeah. like a sneak peek. Like I'd go to Rome yeah. for like an hour and just mm-hmm. like try to get, a, you know, a little feel about mm-hmm. what's going on in ancient Rome. Then I'd want to hop over to like, you know, France during the enlightenment, not during the revolution. Cause that was really bloody, mm-hmm. but like, I, I would like to like, you know, get glimpses like who I'd like to, you know, stake out Lexington green and see who fired the shot that started the, the American revolution, you know, mm-hmm. like, who actually did that? Was it a misfire? Was it, you know, intentional? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's, like I said, that's a hard one. Cause I feel like there'd be a million different places I'd want to go see all at once. Yeah. Or like I, I can, yeah. I witness wise, like it, it would have to be the events of Pearl Harbor. And mm. because that is what catapulted us into World War II, and it's literally it was a domino effect, not only just for World War II, but for conflicts afterwards. And it just, it would just be so sad to see, but it'd be so 
not intriguing, but as history, as history nerds, historians, history buffs, whatever you want to call yourselves, like we're very curious people. Mm -hmm. We want to learn, we want to see, we want to all that stuff. And so I just think it would be very interesting in a very yeah. respectful way to see that event unfold. I know. Um, as, as tragic as it is, and I feel weird saying that, but it's that it, it would just be interesting to witness that part of history. Um, have you seen the TV show Timeless? I haven't. No, okay. but I know what you're talking. I do know of the show. Yeah. So you just saying like you want to just go to little peaks of history. Um, yeah. You need to watch that show. The whole season, both seasons are on Hulu. Mm -hmm. But you should you should definitely watch it. It's I mean it's a little corny, but it it's entertaining inter entertaining entertaining <laughs> for history people, and it's kind of fun. So yeah, you should definitely watch it. Yeah, um, actually, I would like to see that show. I I think they canceled it though. They canceled it twice, and this oh, is what happens when I love TV shows. They always cancel them. Yeah. Um, so they came out with the first season and I'm like, this is such an amazing show. And then they canceled it because other viewers just, it just wasn't making the thing. Mm. The fans of Timeless threw a tizzy fit to, I think it was, um, I think it was a, I can't, I think maybe it was NBC, but, um, threw a tizzy fit and then they brought it back for a second season mm. and then they canceled it again. Uh. And then fans threw another, like uproar and then so they ended it with like a two-hour kind of movie wrap-up episode so it like ended you know it it, it well that's too bad completed would... the whole episode but it was so they could have done so much more with it but people just weren't people just weren't you know yeah into it which i i get history is not for everybody you know but yeah. it, it sucks for history people like me who love Love that show. And I'm like, darn it. I'll have to watch it. I ha I haven't. Yeah. I'm such a, I don't know. I did. I will say I really got into Doctor Who because of the tide travel. So I was mm -hmm. really into that for a while. I haven't watched it in a few seasons, but I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm really, I just maybe a little jaded with TV now. So I don't really like get my yeah. hopes up for new stuff like that. I'm just kind of like, yeah. I'd rather watch a documentary and at least I'm like, you know, that's yeah. kind of my jam these days. It's like documentaries are like watching turn over and over again. That's, I was just going to say, or we re, or we rewatched re like the shows that we've seen a million times because we just, uh, we just know. Um, just, yeah. Documentaries are like amazing. I know I'm, I've rewatched the same. Everyone keeps telling me I need to see Outlander. Have you watched Outlander? Okay. <laughs> I've almost been crucified by my own followers because I haven't watched Outlander. Oh and my I God. won't watch Outlander. And you every won't. time, no, I won't because I read the first two books and I hated mm. them so oh. much. And I'm like, okay, I kind of know what happens. But I guess there there it takes place during that time period with the american revolution or like mm -hmm. like right around there so a lot of the officers the british officers kind of like weave she re weaves them in and out of outlander like actual real people so mm -hmm. like simcoe is is in outlander 
like he is in turn. And I did a whole like video about that. And so it was, people were like, well, have you seen Outlander? And I'm like, no, no, I haven't. <laughs> and they're like, what? And you know what? I haven't seen Hamilton either. So you can all scream at me in the comments. Cause I oh, don't necessarily, I'm, I'm such a snob. Like I, I can't, I don't know. I can't just enjoy it. I'm like, that's wrong. I can't. That's, that's <laughs> Like I will like watch the Patriot, but the whole time I'm like white knuckling it and like gritting my teeth because I'm like that never happens. <laughs> I know how many times I see something on TV. I'm like that's the wrong patch. That's not correct. That's not correct. Yeah, my friends stopped watching like military stuff with me because I'm like meh, 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 meh. and they're like shut up, Sarah. And I'm like sorry. I like continuity <laughs> and like and correct correctness. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so my kids. Let me tell you how bad it is with me. My kids were watching Teen Titans. Have you ever seen mm -hmm. that show? It's on, I know what it is. Yeah. Okay, but it's I on Cartoon Network. They're watching Teen Titans. And one of the villains is like this British guy. And they he was trying to brainwash America that like the American Revolution didn't happen. And that America is still British. And Beast Boy is like trying to like do a rundown of the history. But he's like saying the year is wrong. He's saying like, <laughs> like the like the names of like places that weren't a part of America, like Louisiana fought in the. It's like no, they didn't. So I was just like gritting my teeth. I'm like, this didn't happen. I, and my husband's looking at me like, when is she gonna pause this to make sure our children know the real history before yeah. they? Feel it? And I almost did. Like I was sitting there, like, okay, I'm gonna have to stop this, and mm -hmm. like set my children straight before I put them back on this show because yeah. like I just cannot handle it. I can't. <laughs> so <laughs> so I will say I am uh one of the worst people to watch like Outlander or some like Hamilton or something like that. Yeah. Like, I am. I'm just not a very <laughs> uh I don't know. I will watch the Patriot though. I will mm -hmm. but it is it is a bit of a torture sometimes <laughs> gladiator too i can't stand gladiator i can't stand that oh much. really oh, oh no yeah no because i studied so i i um i go through weird periods where i will mm -hmm. like study i want to read everything about ancient rome or i want to learn everything about the plague or i want to learn mm -hmm. everything about titanic like and you kind of can see when i start to do that on my page but it's like when i am over like the american revolution like i can't just keep in there I, something sparks my interest and then i want to know mm -hmm. everything about it yeah and so i so know I'll, exactly I'll, how you feel yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you're speaking to my soul <laughs> yeah so i like went on this whole thing i um actually wrote a paper for college all about commodus who is the emperor during that movie and so i was just like oh, i can't stand this like everything was wrong like this wouldn't this wouldn't happen that way kind of thing like that's not who his sister was like i just ugh. so and you know what <laughs> what i hate the most about it is I feel like the actual history is so much cooler than what they tried to romanticize or fictionalize in the movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of where I get frustrated. Cause I'm like, if they would have just kept it like historically accurate, it would have still just been as entertaining. Yeah. I get so that. That's like my 
That's my soapbox, everyone. <laughs> so, um, so tell us, you are a huge bookworm. Yes. And so what are you reading right now? I want to know. Right now, I, oh, it's in the, did I put it back on the shelf? I did. It's called Last Men Out. It's a Vietnam book. It's by uh, Tom Clavin and Bob Drury, the guys who wrote Last Santa Fox Company. This book right here. Okay, cool. So it's about the end of the Vietnam War and the the us leaving and the yeah. last soldiers in it. So I'm probably where's my thing? I'm only on page sixty one, but <laughs> it's still uh still a good book. So Vietnam, yeah. They're such good authors, Bob Drury and Tom Clavin. They've written where? written a lot of really good books. So tell us, where do you like to pick up your books? Like, where do you get the best scores? Uh, 90, probably about 97% of my books are from Goodwill. Or uh, there's this big, huge bookstore in the Pacific Northwest called Powell's City of Books. Mm -hmm. And they sell new and used books. So you can go in and go sell your books and then they'll resell them. But uh they have a few locations. They have one that's about like five minutes from my house in a shopping center, but there is a big warehouse in downtown Portland. Um, yeah. It's, it's three stories. I'm always in the red room because that is the military section <laughs> and it's floor to ceiling books. Um, you can buy brand new ones. You can buy used ones. Like this one is, this one's a Goodwill book. This one I got for four ninety nine, and it was a 50% off tag. So I got it for, you know, Two dollars and fifty cents, mm -hmm. but um, that's where I get most of my books. Is Pal? You can also buy online with Pal's too, so you can buy shop their whole used book collection too as well. Yeah, um, Pal'sBooks.com. So, but they're amazing. I always buy um, used books. Um, Goodwill usually has some some pretty good stuff, but some stuff I do buy brand new because I can't find them in store, yeah. so I'll buy them off of Amazon or something. So, okay, do you have like a Goodwill find that you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I found this at Goodwill? Yes, it was. <laughs> it's an Alex Kershaw book. The Few. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. What's that about? Yeah. So this one, I haven't actually read it yet because I have so many. Other so it's about the American Knights of the Air. Oh, it's the Battle of Britain. Yeah. So, oh. it, yeah. So this is one of four. Oh yeah. The Bedford boys, but I can't believe I've all of my Alex Kershaw books. I found at Goodwill, which is shocking to me and all hardbound and oh, nice. less than $5 each. But I mean, I, well, I mean, honestly, it's kind of hard to pick like, cause I have so many like, <gasps> like, and then the first wave I found there too. Like literally all of my band of brothers books I found at um, Goodwill yeah. and the only thing that makes me sad about shopping at Goodwill is that when I go there and they have a really, really good selection, um, a lot of it, it makes me sad because I know that's probably somebody's collection who passed. Yeah. Um, and so it always makes me sad. And I'm like, I'm going to take this book home and I swear to God, I'm going to cherish it. Like, you know, I know, all that stuff. You know, but that's one. And honestly, like, I know my mom's probably watching, but whenever I go to my grandparents' house, my grandpa's mm -hmm. going to be 90, right? Mm -hmm. And so my grandmother is... 88 
I'm always perusing their bookshelves and like, hey, because I-, <laughs> I know that my yeah. uncle, who is also a, a historian, is probably going to steal some of the better ones. So I'm always yeah. like, can I take this? I know. I know that's kind of dark to say about like the collection, but it's true. That's also it I is have, true. Have, yeah. yeah, it is. I'm like, I'm like, oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> you know the coolest thing I got at a Goodwill? Mm-hmm. I'll show you. Okay. It is Oh my gosh. What? It is a illustrated edition. So, like it has like maps. Here, let me see if I can show you. Like this, I open this up and it's got like maps of stuff and like letters and edicts and everything. Oh wow. So these are actually like pockets and you can open them up. It's so cool. Yeah. I have one of those. I have like, I have a couple of those. Like I have a medal of honor, not that seven, he said, but like a medal of honor one that came with like all of that type of like, I have, there's just, oh yeah. I have the Ken Burns, the war company book. This is the, um, a company book to Ken Burns's Whoa. series, the war. And I got that. That's cool. Good. At Goodwill for seven ninety nine. Seven ninety nine. Oh and this retails for $65. <laughs> you know, I don't even know how much this is. I don't even know. Oh, wait. Does it say on the back? It, if it doesn't say on the back, it'll say on the, the inside cover. It should, like, right. Ooh, I have no idea how much this thing actually is. But it, it's yeah. girthy. It's big. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, I have a bunch of, yeah. <laughs> I have a book problem. <laughs> you know what? That's such a good thing to have, though. You, you've you curated your book shelf very well, by the way. I I mean, in when I started, well, it's funny because I had much, many more books that I've ended up having to repurchase because when I went through my divorce, like two boxes of books randomly went missing. She didn't come with my stuff. Um, so I had a bunch of really good books in there. Um, there's an amazing Marcus Brotherton book called We Who Are Alive and Remain. And it's the untold stories of the Band of Brothers. And it was probably one of the best books um, on Band of Brothers. But that was in there. So I need to actually read by that. But that is a really good book. But yeah, I had a bunch of books that were that went MIA. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I You know what? I had to... Um... Our first move, I realized if my husband was going to stay in the military, that I was going to have to really limit what actual like physical books I buy. Because <laughs> moving, moving books oh is the worst thing ever. It's I know. I just so went much. through it. I just went through it a couple months ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to like seriously pick and choose which ones. Yeah, I get to go a physical copy, and which ones get to stay on my Kindle? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. That is yeah. the one thing I can't. I can't do a Kindle. I, I, I don't know. I need like an actual physical book. I tried to do the Kindle on like the like on my iPad, and then also like my mom has a Kindle. I've tried looking at that too, and I'm just I don't know. I I get distract. It's weird. I get distracted, or I can't concentrate. I don't know why. I'm super weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan of both. I can do both. Um, I even have like a, a blue light, mm-hmm. like, so 
I can read if I have the physical book. Mm-hmm. Um, and some books I will pick up because I want the physical copy of it. So I won't buy it on Kindle. But I'm a night reader. I don't know about you, but I like I read I, myself to sleep every night. Same here. I can't read during the day or else I'm going to fall asleep. And I hate taking naps. Like, yeah. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, for me, it's like a double-edged sword because if it's a really good part, then I'll be like, okay, one more chapter. Okay, one yeah. more chapter. And then it's like two yeah. in the morning. And I'm like, what did I do with my what, whole life? You're like, I got to be up in a couple hours. <laughs> but I got um, this little like nightlight that attaches onto the back of my book. And uh-huh. it just has a blue light. So it's not like the, the big. Super movie. bright. Yeah. Yeah. So I do that. But my son stole it. He's starting mm. to become a reader. And oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Like I'll let him stay up as late as he wants if he's reading a book. If not, yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to, I want to like encourage that part of him Mm -hmm. to read and find books that he can just be transported into. So, so he's reading Harry Potter for the first time and it makes this mommy heart so proud. It's just like when your kids start to like the things that you like, I know it's like the coolest thing. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's starting to really like, like he actually tried to come in here earlier because every chapter he finishes, he's like, "Mom, I'm on this chapter now. I'm on that chapter now." I'm on this oh, chapter. that's amazing! And so it's really fun to kind of see him foster like this love of reading mm-hmm. and stories yeah. and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, but I just looked at the time and like our hour is almost up. So that's man, crazy. Sarah, thank you for coming on. <laughs> yeah, it's been so fun talking with you. You need to come out to Washington D.C. Yes. <laughs> So we do give you a tour around and you can come and see some of the, the sites. And we, there's a really cool world war two memorial here, (laughs) but yeah, it'd be fantastic. But tell us a little (laughs) bit about where we can find you kind of like your, your sign off and, and where we can follow you and everything. Yeah. So, um, you can follow me, Sarah, the history chick, 1941 at, um, on Instagram, uh, all the handles are at the History Chick 1941. Um, Instagram is my main platform. I also do have a YouTube channel where I upload my history behind the page episodes. And I am on Facebook, but honestly, uh, follow me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've done a single thing on my Facebook page. So. <laughs> oh, man. You don't repost to Facebook? Well, my, my, it goes to my personal page. So like Mm. it, I, yeah, it's, it connects to my history chick page and then it connects to my normal. I, for being my age, I feel like I should have social media, like completely, you know, figured out, but I don't. (laughs) Well, that is awesome. And thank you so much for being on. Um, Before we go, I want your top five must read book recommendations. Oh, I have them right here. Awesome. So this is Give Me Tomorrow by Patrick K. O'Donnell. It is about George Company uh, at the Battle of the Chosen Reservoir or Bloody George. It is pretty much an untold story. It's absolutely amazing. Um, This is The Long Road Home. They also have the movie out too as well. This is about during um, the the war in Afghanistan. So this is about the 1st Cavalry Division and as... Seder Seder City. I I probably saying it wrong, but it's a it's a, a one hand account. And Martha Raditz was actually the journalist who was um, there for the oh, account okay. of this book. Um, this is 
D-Day, the U.S. Rangers, and the untold story of the Macy Battery. Um, the cover-up at Omaha Beach. This is very interesting. The I don't know if you're familiar with the Macy Battery, the no. the mythical Macy Battery that moved, and all this other and all this other stuff. But it's about uh, the Rangers and the everything with the Macy Battery. It's very it, it kind of oh. just recently came out, like figuring out the Macy Battery. Not not that long ago. Um, the Filthy Thirteen. This is a 101st Airborne story, but it is not Band of Brothers related. Um, so, <laughs> Jake McNeese. Is that Vietnam, little, World War II? This is World War II. Yeah, so oh, this is for okay. the 101st Airborne. Um, uh, they were a demolition team. Um, the, the Dirty Dozen, the movie The Dirty Dozen is based on these guys. Oh, okay. That is cool. I did not know that. I'm going to have to check that one out. And then last but not least, of course, I have to, um, In Harm's Way by Doug Stanton, The Sinking <laughs> of the USS Indianapolis. And if you guys know me, follow me. You guys know how much I am obsessed with the USS Indianapolis for some weird reason. But um, this is a must read for the USS Indianapolis. Um, and those are my, is that five? Yeah, that was five. <laughs> for some weird reason. You know what? That's a really fascinating story, the USS Indianapolis. It, it it definitely it's it's tragic and it's yeah. very interesting. One of the greatest naval one of the greatest naval disasters in in military history. But there is a documentary um, on Prime if people want to start looking at the USS Indianapolis. It took seven years uh, to make with all the veterans. Um, it's called USS Indianapolis: Men of Courage. Mm -hmm. Don't watch the Nick Cage movie. Um, <laughs> watch the documentary. Okay. Um, but if you do want to watch a movie about the sinking in the USS Indianapolis, there's a 1991 movie called Mission of the Shark starring Stacey Keach. That's also really good too and pretty accurate. So, yep. Yeah. I can, t I can talk all day about the Indy. <laughs> you know, I think the first time I heard of that about the Indianapolis, it was like Shark Week. They were talking yeah. about it and I was a kid. Yeah. And they were talking about it on one of their, like, like one of their specials that they do for Shark Week. Yeah, most most people hear about the USS Indianapolis from Jaws because they make a reference to it, mm. um, and that's kind of where the Indianapolis first kind of got heard. But it didn't actually really come out until uh, like the 1998 when Hunter Scott um, did his presentation on it and got make the captain exonerated, all this other stuff, and that's when the USS Indianapolis kind of came to light and people knew the story of the yeah. USS Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. Do you have any yeah. projects coming up? Anything exciting that we should be on the watch for? Um, the only thing is uh, I'm getting back on my show, History Behind the Page, which uh, is live on Instagram. It's uh, just a history chat, kind of like what we're having, but just kind of making the guests. I've, I've been taking a little social media break, so I'm kind of yeah. getting back into the swing of things. So just... Uh, just kind of that. All <laughs> we'll right. See well, what, thank we'll you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks and if you're not me. following Sarah, go follow Sarah already. She has a great page. Um, for Historical USA, there is going to be a new podcast episode out on Thursday. We're going to be talking about the War of Jenkins' Ear. Uh, funny name for a war. Uh, so we're going to talk all about that and the Battle of Bloody Marsh. So we're still in the colonial era, but we're going to, you know, stay down south and kind of talk a little bit about Georgia and España. 
and what they're up to down there in Florida. So it'll be a really fun episode. Um, and yeah, and I hope you guys have a nice night. Bye.